And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We have some open pews down here in case anybody wants to come. No? Y'all are good? Okay. I love it. That's great. That's great. Are you sure you're Episcopalian? <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. It is still Christmas, right? The day after Christmas, I was taking out the trash with my father at um, their home in Meridian. And we looked down the road and a, uh, a neighbor had already discarded their Christmas tree. And my dad said, you know, it's the first people who put up decorations. They're the first people to take them down. But that's not y'all, right? Because y'all are Episcopalian and it's still Christmas. Today is the fifth day of Christmas, I think. It's today the five golden rings, right? It is still Christmas. We still have a ways to go. This is still the season of celebrating, celebrating the light, celebrating the Christ child who was born for us to redeem us, to save us from our sins. So, yes, it is still very much Christmas. Some years ago, I went to the Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve at St. Andrew's Cathedral. I can't exactly give you the year. It was before I went to seminary, so it was within the past 10 years. And so at that Midnight Mass, the, uh, the dean of the cathedral fell sick after the early service, and so he asked the Reverend, da- the Reverend David Elliott, who I'm sure many of you know, He asked him to fill in and to preach at the Midnight Mass. And so I took two things away from David's sermon that evening. And I remember them to this day. The first one is that David said after Midnight Mass every year, what he would do when he was in ministry was he would go home and he would pour himself a glass of wine. And the house would be dark and he would sit to himself, sit by himself, prop his feet up, and he would just, he would give thanks. He would give thanks for, for many things. And of course, as I said, this was before I was a priest, but I remembered that, and so I have incorporated that practice into me being a priest in my ministry. So after the midnight mass here at the chapel, I go home, and the house is dark, and the kids are in bed, and I pour a glass of bourbon. I pour a glass of bourbon and I prop my feet up and I give thanks and just sit there and be. I give thanks for many things. I give thanks for this this Christmas tide, this season in which the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Our God came to live and breathe among us. I also give thanks, of course, for family and friends. For all the blessings this, of this life, I give thanks for this vocation of the call that I have received by God to be a priest in his church. And I also give thanks for you all. I give thanks for this, this parish, for the chapel, the cross, for the wonderful work we do together, for the ways in which the Holy Spirit ebbs and flows throughout this ever-growing community here in the heart of Madison County. So that's one thing I took from David's sermon. The second is this. He said, make no mistake. 
that baby lying in that manger, that is our God. So simple, but to me, so poignant. That baby lying in that manger in really the filthiest of conditions, in a barn, in a stable, exposed to the elements, vulnerable, completely, totally dependent upon his parents, Mary and Joseph, for sustenance, for comfort, and for protection. That baby lying in that manger is our God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. With those simple words, the writer of John proclaims the good news of the Savior's birth. This is John's nativity story. It is known better as John's prologue, that first chapter of John. But this is John's nativity story. We don't get what Luke tells us. We don't get that tender warmth with a virgin, meek and mild, silent night, holy night. We don't get those angels proclaiming glory to God in the highest heaven and peace and goodwill to those whom He favors. We don't get the story that we know all so well of those shepherds abiding over their flock by night who were sore afraid. I don't like the word terrified. I like the King James Version here. Sore afraid. They were terrified at what they had seen and heard. And in Luke's story, in his proclamation of the Savior's birth, we get swaddling clothes. I like that so much better than bands of cloth. Apparently I'm a, king, a, a fan of the King James Version more than I am of the NRSV. What Luke tells us with familiarity, with tender touch, with warmth, John tells us directly and succinctly, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I know I have probably asked you this question before, but I want to ask it again. Where is home for you? When someone asks, where is home? What does that look like? Where is it? Is it the place you grew up? You, you have an answer? Your house? Exactly. That could be a home for us. Our house. It could be a building such as here. The Chapel of the Cross. I've heard of people, when they drive through that latrine out there, when they come in, they immediately think and feel, I'm home. Is it a structure? Is it a city or a town? What does that look like? What does it mean to be home? What does it mean to be home? When people ask you that, what do you say? I had a seminary friend who said that, we can have many homes, that a home is a place where we leave a little piece of our heart so that we can have more than one home, more than one place, more than one building that we can call home, such as our house, or such as here at the chapel of the cross. And what makes it a home? I often think that home is amongst people, that that is truly what a home is. It's amongst people that we love and care about and amongst people who love and care about us. That we could go really anywhere in this world and as long as we are with those people, we feel home. Who are those people? Who are those people that make your home what it is? 
Perhaps it is people who have gone before us. Perhaps it is parents or grandparents, great-grandparents even. Perhaps it is your siblings, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Looking around, I don't know if we have any great-grandparents here. But it's amongst the people that you love. When the writer of John tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, what the writer of John's Gospel is telling us is that God Himself came to us and made His home with us. God didn't just come and be. God made His home among us. God made His home among the people that God loves. All of us. St. Athanasius writes in his work on the Incarnation that it is the Creator who came to live among the creation. Creator came to live among that which He loves and has created. That is the good news of this Christmas. That is what makes it a Merry Christmas. Is that God loves you. God loves me so, so very much that God did not stay hidden. God did not stay unrevealed and far off, but God came and made his home among us. Lived our lives, breathed our air, got angry. Remember when he got angry? The money changers in the temple wept, felt sorrow, wept at the grave of his friend Lazarus laughed. We don't really have an account in the gospel of Jesus laughing, but he was human, right? I'm sure he laughed. I'm sure he had a really good time. After all, his first miracle was at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus came to us. God came to us, lived our lives, made his home among us because God loves us so very much. And as we are told in Revelation, we should not worry because God will come again. And our home will be with God once again. Revelation, towards the end of that very warm and fuzzy book of the Bible, towards the end it says that see, the home of God is among mortals. That is what the new heaven and the new earth looks like. Our home will once again be with God. And it goes on to say that there will be no more death. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more sin. There will, every tear will be dry. There will be no more weeping. There will be no more sudden death. There will be no more sadness. Because the home of God is amongst mortals. The Word became flesh. And the Word made its home among us. And the Word will come again to make its home among us. Merry Christmas. Amen.